Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Simp Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe. Um, we'll be the only guy on the set today on the mic. But fantastic Friday, everybody. Happy Friday as the weekend is here. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll talk about the preview against the San Diego Padres. We'll have our shout outs, of course, here in a minute. A little bit of Chaz McCormick talk as well. Uh, interesting report from Chandler Rome from The Athletic on his story of of Chandler Rome, the clubhouse, things like that. Uh, not Chandler Rome, but Chaz McCormick, uh, his playing time, of course, with center field being Dusty Baker of the lineups, things like that. A little small talk about it, not, not really too into detail, but our offensive pitching MVP slash hot take. And then, of course, what do we want to see? What do we need to see? And what we don't want to see in the series against the San Diego Padres. But, Episode 127, we're going to title it Brooms and Boots in Arlington. The brooms were brought out over there at Globe Life Field. The Astros just manhandled the Texas Rangers. The offense was on a surge from day one all the way to day three against their pitchers pitching as well. Starting pitching, Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez. A little shaky start from J.P. France, but the offense was there to back him up. Uh, save the bullpen, at least some of those games. Uh, if you take game one out of the question, uh, you had Framber go seven. You had Justin Verlander go seven. So the bullpen should be well rested for the San Diego Padres series. So we'll have to see what happens during that series. But one word to describe this series, everybody. What do we want to say? It was a beatdown. That's the one word I'm going to describe it. Because the Astros offense continued it's performance on the road. And this team is one of the best road teams in the American League. Obviously one of the best. If you look at their home record, it's 39 and 38, which isn't the best. But when they're on the road, their bats just turn into something different. But the home run counter, let's start off with that. Five home runs the first day. The second day were six home runs. And then the third day were five home runs. And a total, what is that? Six, a five, five, six, 16 home runs in this series. The Astros outscored the Texas Rangers 39 to 10. 39 to 10. Double digit runs in each game. The first game being 13, the second game being 14, the last game and the series finale 12. But of course, we got to talk about the boot because the Astros brought the silver boot back to H Town where it's been for a good while. This is the seventh consecutive year in a row that the Astros will claim the silver boot against the Texas Rangers. Well-deserved by them guys at the juice box, but 80 and 61 record. They moved to first place for the first time this season. First time this season. If you would have told me this in the beginning of the show, well, not the beginning of the show, beginning of the season or the middle of the season, I thought you would have been crazy, but look at this. It's, it's September. It's getting close to October and the boys are in first place in the AOS. Of course, they're still fighting with the Seattle Mariners, who are about one game or half game back from the Astros. Rangers are three games back, but the 80-61 and 61 record, that's well to see because as of right now, I believe the Baltimore Orioles are 86 wins. The Tampa Bay Rays currently right now playing the Seattle Mariners with 85 wins, and then the Astros with 80 wins. But it was a beatdown in Arlington, like, there's no secret behind it. Everybody saw the offensive surge that everybody had posted. Mauricio Dubon coming off the bench and doing some damage. Michael Brantley Owen playing one game, but my gosh, this guy has turned into a power hitter. As soon as you, as if you think about, look at his rehab start in Sugarland. His first game back or his second game back, he hit a home run. 
this is his what maybe his third game he started or fourth game he started with the Astros maybe fifth and he already has two home runs under his belt so seeing Michael Brantley back in the lineup with a multi-hit game as well great to see but let's move on with our shout outs shall we I mean the Astros had a lot of shout outs in this series from the offense and the pitching standpoint of this series against the Texas Rangers but let's start it off with Jose Altuve the man himself who has been through the ups and downs with the Houston Astros from the 2012-2013 seasons of 100-game losses to lifting up a World Series title twice in Houston, winning an MVP, ALCS MVP. I mean, the the resume shows for itself for Jose Altuve. Even Mark DeRosa from uh, MLB Central on MLB Network has said for, uh, Jose Altuve should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Of course, we're not getting into that debate here, but in my opinion, I think so, too. Uh, this guy has, like I said, he's been with the team since the bad times, and now he's with the guys in this dynasty run that they're trying to make. But this series, Altuve, 7 for 15 which is a 467 batting average, five home runs. Five home runs, five RBIs. Let me repeat that for everybody to listen and hear from me in the back. Five home runs. This man is your leadoff hitter, and he had five home runs in this series against the Texas Rangers. My gosh, what, what a show from Jose Altuve. Uh, per Brian McTaggart, Altuve is the first Astro to hit five home runs in a two-game span. And then he also becomes the fourth player in Astros history to hit multiple home runs in consecutive games. First since Richard Hidalgo, doggy, on September 9 through the 10th of the year of 2000. Y2K. But this guy, first three innings. Hits three bombs in the second game against Nathan Uvalde. And looking at them pitching matchups, I told I told you that Andrew Heaney pitches well against the Astros. The Astros were able to get to him. Same thing with Nathan Uvalde. Of course, he's coming back from injury. Uh, I said it myself that he's probably going to be on a pitch count. But, I mean, the Astros offense just took him out of the game early from the Altuve home runs. I mean, it was fantastic to see that. And then, of course, Max Scherzer. That was probably going to be one of the best pitching matchups in this series with Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer facing for the first time this year. And the Astros just obliterated Max Scherzer, Mad Max, and got him out of the game quickly. But back to Jose Altuve real quick. Second career three-home run game. Does anybody want to take a gander on the first multi, three multi, not three multi, but three home run game Altuve has had? You got to go back to 2017 of the ALDS versus the Boston Red Sox. If you remember, he had two off of Chris Sale and then one off a of relief pitcher in game one of that game. Um, and this is his second career three home run game. So shout out to Jose Altuve for doing his damage. Jordan Alvarez is going to be the second shout out of the show. Four for 12, of course, it's a decent average. Batting average about 333, but two home runs, four RBIs, five walks. The big man in the first game had three walks himself. He was just seeing the ball very well, battling quality at bats, a pitch at bats as well. His OPS has risen to a 979. That's close to 1.00, a 1,000 OPS. I, I said 1.00, meaning 100, but I meant to say 1,000 OPS uh, for the big man, which is not bad, but he's at 979. It could happen with September still being here. Just have to see about that. But shout out to him being able to hit a bunch of monstrous home runs. Third one, Jose Abreu. Yes, the Astros fan base from social media to the fans on the field at Minute Maid Park. They have been waiting for Jose Abreu to show up. And myself included, 
I said, you have to wait. We have to be patient. I've been a big guy, really optimistic about Jose Abreu in this Astros lineup. Of course, if you would tell fans at the beginning of the season that the Astros had gone 2020 AL MVP, Jose Abreu, to replace Yuli Gurriel, everybody was excited. Everybody was excited to hear the news because this guy is an RBI machine. This season hasn't been planning out that way. His OPS is in a really good number. Uh, same thing as the batting average, the home run ratio too. It hasn't been up there like his previous years. But this series really showed something. Four for 13. 308 batting average, of course, is not the same. But look at the look at the stats. Two home runs, 11 RBIs, one walk. One walk, of course, yeah. Well, it's not bad. But 11 RBIs, everybody. Come on. 11 RBIs in this series. 39 runs that the Astros have scored. Jose Abreu alone had 11 RBIs. So, yes, we, we of course, people want to see him perform well. Um, and then at the same time, too, you got John Singleton being in the back, which, you know, in my opinion, Jose Abreu is going to start over John Singleton every day of the week. No offense to John Singleton. It's just you got to put the best guys out there in that lineup. And I think Jose Abreu performs very well over John Singleton. So, yes. Very great series for him, but the Astros had to see if he could build upon that into this next series against the San Diego Padres. We got three more shout-outs, one being Chaz McCormick. And I said this in my what I want to see. What did I want to see? I want to see Yiner Diaz and Chaz McCormick. Many shout-out to Yiner Diaz for that first game in that three-run homer over the Astros bullpen. But back to Chaz McCormick. I said five of the six games he has started – they were multi-hit games. Same thing that just happened here. Five for nine with a 556 batting average, two walks, one home run, three RBIs, one walk. I mean, well, two doubles, I meant to say. And then two of the games he had started were multi-hit games. Of course, that last game, um, he subbed in, and the first at-bat, what does he do? Hits a home run to the Astros' bullpen. This guy got to find a way to be in that lineup every day. Of course, when it comes, if the Astros do make the postseason, Dusty Baker is going to have to construct that lineup, which has McCormick playing every single day. No offense to Mauricio Dubon because Dubon even had a great series against the Rangers. But Chaz McCormick, I mean, this guy continues to prove why he should be starting. Bleacher Report had even shown on a graphic that Chaz McCormick was the top Five and I think he was ranked three, but top five at least in center among center fielders this season, and he deserves it. Honestly, he does. Um, of course, Dusty Baker constructs his lineup different ways. By all means, yes, I understand. I'm just a guy just on the mic talking about the stats and things like that. I'm not the manager, you know, managing this team because Dusty Baker has a bunch of experience doing that. But at the same time, too, we I, I believe that Chaz McCormick has to play. Like I said, two out of the three games that they play in each in each series, if it's a four-game series, he has to start three of them. And when it comes to the postseason, Dusty Baker's going to have to find a way to bring Chaz McCormick into that starting role, either in center field or being a DH. But more than likely, it's going to be center field. But Chaz McCormick, shout out to you. You did a great job out there in Arlington. Framber Valdez, well, of course, we got to bring out a pitching guy in this, in this uh, segment. Why not be Framber Valdez? Framber Valdez, if you remember the first game, and I read the stat to you last episode, he performed badly against the Rangers. It was probably the worst performance he has pitched this season. Uh, I believe uh, season low in innings as well. 
but he came into Arlington with a different mindset, different framber. Uh, we did see the Navy blue alternate jerseys out there again, but he went seven innings, pitched six hits, one earned run, four walks, four strikeouts, 98 pitches, 62 were strikes. I was glad to see Dusty Baker stretch him out into that seven inning road. Then the bullpen could still have some time to rest. But being able to see Framber Valdez bounce back from that first game against the uh, against the Rangers, uh, now to this one in Globe Life Field, was very promising to see. He's had three straight games now that he's pitched very well. Can it continue on? Possibly yes. Well, we'll talk about the schedule here in a minute, which I believe his next starting performance would probably have to be against Oakland, which is a favorable matchup for Framber Valdez. But three great starts back-to-back-to-back in Detroit, at Boston, and at Globe Life Field, which is very promising to see because maybe this is the Framber Valdez that the Astros can see down the road. And last but not least, on the final place of the shout-outs, we have to give some love to Jeremy Pena. And the thing is, I mean, there was home runs going everywhere in the ballpark. That's what really stole the show from this series. I mean, Jose Altuve, like I had mentioned before, Jordan Alvarez, Michael Brantley, Mauricio Dubon, even Martin Maldonado. He had a two home run game, his fifth in his career, which is very shocking. I, I didn't know that, but way to do that, Maldi. I mean, the home runs were just going everywhere, reminding you 16 home runs in this series. But back to Jeremy Pena, seven for 18. That is very good to see. 389, he had a double and an RBI. He raises his OPS over 700. That is a very positive thing to see in that stat. In six games so far this season, in September, it's very promising. 28 at-bats. He has 10 hits, 357 batting average, 786 OPS. And out of those 28 at-bats, he has cut down his strikeout rate with only three strikeouts in 28 at-bats. That means Jeremy Pena is seeing the ball very well, which is a very, very great sign to see if you're a Nationals fan. Because if you remember the beginning of the season, he's been swinging and missing at some some places. He even talked to the hitting coach to figure it out. But by all means, August, he had a great month. September, it's looking very positive right now at the moment. If this continues to happen, and and like I said, if the Astros do make the postseason and Jeremy Pena continues... At this rate, it's going to be a long night for other American League teams out there to get not just Altuve out, but to get Pena out. And then after Pena, you got either Jordan, Bregman, Tucker. That's what I'm saying. If Pena continues to hit like this, it's going to be a scary offensive team when it comes to the postseason. So shout out to Jeremy Pena. And just have to see what happens when it comes to closer to September. We'll, we'll look back to uh, with Jerry Pena's OPS because in 2022, he finished the that month with a 720, 20, uh, 7.22. And now, right now, like I said, in September of 2023, at this moment, he has a 7.86 OPS. Very positive to see that man get everything going at the right time. But that is all for our shout-outs. Real quick, let's talk about the Chaz McCormick dilemma. And there has been a lot, a lot of a lot of really disagreements. There's been a lot of controversy. 
the clubhouse of itself too that people are like trying to understand why is Chaz McCormick not starting and not playing a lot of games for the Astro. Well, Chandler Rome, he he covers he's a beat writer for the Astros for the Athletic and he does a great job in trying to get uh people's point of views and their stories out there which is a great he's he's a great follow to look at and read his articles. But in this one, they're talking of course it, it's, he's been doing this the whole season trying to figure out the the Chaz McCormick, why is he not getting enough playing time? And like I said, everybody's been trying to figure that out because Chaz McCormick right now has an OPS over 900. With a guy like that, he has to be starting every day. But as the Astros manager, Dusty Baker, he did have a quote to say that kind of got Astro fans out there, you know, getting their words out and speaking, why is this happening? And the general, not the general manager, but the Astros manager himself, he had said in a quote, he ain't a big boy yet. Baker said before Wednesday's 12-3 bludgeon going of the Rangers. It's hard to be a big boy right out the gate. What is this Chaz third or fourth year? The big boys are Altuve, Bregman, Tucker. Those are the big boys. The other boys are approaching big boys. End of the quote on the Rome article. Honestly, I do understand. A veteran presence is known. Of course, Altuve is a big boy because he's been in them situations. Alex Bregman, this is he he made the his debut in 2016. Kyle Tucker's not that far. I mean, 2018 when he made his major league debut. Chaz McCormick, though, with the big boy quote, uh, I mean, you could take it in different ways. I understand Dusty Baker's point because Yes, he does need to earn that time just like these other guys did. But at the same time, too, you have to put him in the lineup. The Rangers series, like I said, he had 556 in that series against the Rangers. And that was even with one start. The last game, the series finale, he did not start. But he hit a home run in his one only at bat coming off a pitch hit uh, performance. This man has to find a way to play every day. A bat like that shouldn't be on the bench. But like I said, I'm just here on the mic, just giving my perspective, my opinion, and things like that. Dusty Baker's the one that writes the lineups. He knows the analytics from the analytics team that gives him the information. Uh, this matchup and this matchup could happen. Um, but at the same time, too, Chaz McCormick has proved since day one of this season, because if you remember at opening day, he was not the starting center fielder. The starting center fielder was Jake Myers, which Jake Myers is a great defensive player out there in the outfield. But Chaz McCormick, one of the best defensive jobs he had done in game, what, game five of that World Series in Philadelphia was saving a run off JT Romito's bat. He could play the field pretty good. He, that's what I'm saying. His bat right now is what should be in that lineup every day. A 900 OPS plus player should not be on the bench. It just should not, like he should not be. Justin Verlander, I, I mean, you know, this is my opinion. Like I said, Justin Verlander looks like he prefers Mauricio Dubon being his center fielder. Okay, by all means. I mean, like I said, Mauricio Dubon had a great series against the Texas Rangers. And Dubon's had a good season overall. But at the same time, too, 
I feel comfortable, like I said, my opinion, I feel comfortable Chaz McCormick starting these games at least 17. I don't know how many games the Astros have left, which is about maybe 20. He has to start at least 80 to 90% of those games. This man should not be on the bench with a 900 OPS. He's improving his fastball uh, swings, the, even the slider. He has adjusted big time this season. He has 20 home runs. 20 home runs this season, a career high for him. Um, he's just looking really good at the plate. And this guy should not be on the bench for that reason of, as the quote had said, being a big boy. I understand that, but at the same time, too, got to give that man a chance because when it comes to October, you got to play your best players in the lineup. And right now, being that best player is Chaz McCormick with the numbers he is putting up. 280 uh, batting average, 20-plus home runs. The guy is a hitting machine this season, and he was even ranked before the season in the top 10 through MLB Network's center fielders. Right now, he's playing like a top five, even a top three performer in center field. So, like I said, I believe my personal opinion, he has to be playing a lot of these games throughout the stretch because they're going to need him and his offensive power in October. That's what really helped the Astros last year, if you remember that ALCS versus the New York Yankees. Two home runs, one being at Yankee Stadium and one being at Minute Maid Park. Astros are just going to have to find a way to get him on the field, Dusty Baker himself, when it comes to the postseason. That's if the Astros make the 2023 October postseason. But enough with Chas McCormick. Let's get with that preview against the San Diego Padres, the Swinging Friars. Uh, great city to go to if you're a baseball fan too. Petco Park's a really nice venue. Uh, great fans out there as well. But the preview, 66-75 record. They're fourth in the NL West. 5-5 five five in their last 10 games. And they recently lost the series against the Philadelphia Phillies at home, which was an NLCS rematch from 2022. They also carry a 27-39 record, uh, road record being away from Petco Pill. Petco Pill. Petco Phil. Sorry about that. But let's go up with the matchups. Friday, we got a 7-10 start time. Uh, also, Kyle Tucker, I think it's a lifestyle bobble or something like that. So be sure to get there early in time to get that. But Blake Snell's on the mound for the Swinging Friars with a 12-9 record, 250 ERA. He'll be going against Hunter Brown with a 10-10 453 ERA. And Hunter Brown's last start, it, it wasn't very great. It was not the best. Uh, the Yankees got to him quickly, got him out of the game early. Uh, he went four innings pitch, five hits, three earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts. He did have a good two outings before that, if you remember, at Detroit and then the other one being at home. But against the Yankees, he just command was not there. He was losing it a lot. Four walks, especially four innings. He, I mean, he got the short leash of the stick real quick in that start. So Astros are hoping for a good and bounce back start for Hunter Brown. Blake Snell, on the other hand, this guy is a NL Cy Young favorite, at least in the top three, a candidate that's going to be in the top three as a finalist. He's been pitching very well this season for the Padres. Last outing versus San Francisco, he went six innings, three hits, zero earned runs, four walks, eight strikeouts. His last start versus Houston, you got to go back to 2021, and he was still with the San Diego Padres at the time. Three innings, 
five hits, seven earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts. The Astros put a four spot in the first inning of that game and then followed up with the kick tongue bomb to the right field stands of the King Court. So very interesting matchup to see with the Astros, what they'd see, because, of course, in the career record against Blake Snell, the Astros have performed very well. Um, he carries a six-plus ERA against the Astros in his career, but this season he's been pitching lights out for the Padres. I mean, it's it's been brutal for each team that has had to face him lately. He hasn't allowed an earned run in his last two starts. The man's been perfect. Post All Star break, he is six and two with a 189 ERA. He carries an opponent batting average of 173. This man is locked and loaded when he's at the mound. So the Astros are going to have to find a way to get to him quickly. Real quick in his stats from 2022, uh, comparing to 2023 this year, his bat bip, if you don't know what bat bip is, that is batting average on balls in play, which is a stat that relatively a lot of big league organizations, even the minor leagues use. But his bat bip in 2022, it was a 308. In 23 this year, it's a 266. So he has improved big time on that number. And then RS per nine innings. That means runs scored per nine innings. In 2022, it was 359. This year, he's cut it down to a 261. Like I said, Blake Snell, he's won the Cy Young in the American League before with the Tampa Bay Rays. He was lights out, I believe, in the 2019 or 2020 um, season. I, I can't remember on the top of my head. But he was lights out, and he does have a Cy Young under his belt. He has a 31.1 strikeout percentage. That is top 8% of the league, 92th percentile. Remember, 92 is a great number in baseball savant that are, that's just one of the best, being the 92, 92 percentile. But there is, there is a negative on Blake Snell, and that is the walk rate. Blake Snell has a has a huge walk rate this year 13.8 walk percentage in 2023 that is bottom four percent of the league it is a fourth percentile number four percentile which is very poor in the league in 2022 his walk rate walks per nine innings was a 3.59 in 2023 it dramatically increased to a 517 walks per nine innings so easy right here, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's going to be pitching really well for the Padres like he's done all season. And going to this game against the Astros, the Astros themselves have to continue hitting how they've been hitting. Be patient at the plate. Make them work the count. A-plus pitches, that's a quality at bat. Find a way to get on, even if it's a walk. Yes, four walks against the San Francisco Giants. He only had three hits, didn't allow no runs, and had four walks. The Astros could find a way to do that, but capitalize on his mistakes, then it should be no problem getting him out of the game. But very interesting matchup to see with him being on the mound on Friday night. Saturday, you have 6-10 start time. You got Seth Lugo from the Padres. He has a 6-6 record with a 3.49 ERA. He'll be going against El Reptil, Christian Javier. 9-3 with a 4.65 ERA. And let's talk about Christian Javier real quick. His last outing versus the New York Yankees was one of his best starts in a good while. He went six innings pitch, four hits, three earned runs, zero walks, eight strikeouts. Zero walks. That is the biggest number right there because the start before that at Boston at Fidway Park, 
he had four or five walks, or, or I think six walks, actually, against the Red Sox. When you lose the command and when you start walking, guys, you're gonna help. You're not really gonna help your team. That's just gonna put more pressure on the offense, trying to score more runs. So, what Christian Javier did this round against the Yankees, his off speed was going, curveball was working, slider was working, uh, the changeup was working for him. Everything was good. His mechanics were very well placed. Like I said in the last episode, he just made that mistake on a slider. He just threw flat in the zone right down the middle to Jason Dominguez. And Dominguez took it a right field for a two-run homer. That gave the Yankees that 3-1 lead. And then everybody knows the rest of the story. But like I said, if I had to choose to see when was the last start that he had like won the best, you got to go back to July 28th against the Tampa Bay Rays. And that game... He pitched six innings as well. Five hits, zero earned runs. That's one of the best games he's pitched just like that. And, of course, when you look at the first half of the season, I mean, there's been a lot of six, uh, seven, five, and two-thirds maybe. But if Christian Javier can continue what he had done against the New York Yankees and he does it against the San Diego Padres, which that lineup, too, is really great. Hassan Kim, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, which Astro fans should be able to see and maybe talk about his age because Joe Buck, that was all he talked about was being a 21-year-old, which by all means, Juan Soto is one of the best hitters in this game. And Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts, if you want to put that as well. So this lineup, yes, the record shows it hasn't been great this year, but this lineup too, it's one of the best in Major League Baseball. It just hasn't been clicking for them this season. Just don't make mistakes against a team like that. A bunch of veterans on that team, like I said. Christian Javier could build off that last starts against the Yankees. He pitches another one like this. Very much eye-opening to see what happens down the stretch to September all the way to October for El Reptil. But Seth Lugo, on the other hand, his last outing versus San Francisco. Six innings, three hits, zero on runs, one walk, four strikeouts. That is a great stat. And let's continue on with that stat, too, for him. It's just going positive for him at this point. In his last three starts, you combine them numbers together, 18 innings pitch, 12 hits, three earned runs, three walks, 14 strikeouts. In three starts, he's only allowed three earned runs, which is very, very good if you're a San Diego Padres fan listening to an Astros podcast. But... The fastball has been the key of his success this season. The fastball run value is a 14. That is a 95 percentile on baseball savant. And like I said, what's changed for Seth Lugo's performance? I mean, he was with the Mets last year. Wasn't doing all too well, but coming to the Padres now, he's looked like a different pitcher. And like I said before, it's been the command of the fastball this year for him. And he uses the four seam a lot. 2022, he used it about 28.8, you know, of the rate of percentage of the time. In 2023, that has not skyrocketed, but has increased to a 32.2, like I said, percentage or rate. Well, you're going to see where you, where's his placement? Is he going to throw it outside the zone? Is he going to throw it in on, on right-handed hitters? Not relatively. I mean, this guy throws in middle, high, uh, right down the middle is the red zone, either just just down the middle or just above down the middle, meaning a little high. Uh, he'll even put it on the right and left 
top of the corner. He does pitch very well with that four-seamer. A lot of players on this team do well against the four-seamer. Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Chas McCormick being another one. I would love to see here Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena has struggled against the four-seamer this year. It'd be very interesting to see with a guy like this who throws his four-seamer a lot if he could capitalize in and continue his success in September. Back now with the curveball. The number one and number two pitch in this in his pitching repertoire, really, I would say. He has a five-pitch arsenal. I'm not going to go through the five pitches because the number one and the number two pitch is the fastball being the four-seamer and his curveball usage. 31.2% of the time you're going to see it, which is the second best pitch on his arsenal. 32.43 spin RPMs, revolutions per, I think it's minute, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but I mean, that spin rate's really high up there. It's one of the best, 27.5 whiff percentage. The only thing about it, though, is he has a negative three run value, which is very poor. So either... Yes, the whip percentage shows 27, uh, 27.5, which is, I believe, the second best in his arsenal. But at the same time, too, it's a negative three run value, meaning he's making a lot of mistakes to the hitters, leaving it high and uh, a hanging breaking ball, which if you hang it, like the baseball saying, you're going to bang it. So Astros offense just right there just has to just wait and see if he leaves a mistake. And if he does leave that mistake, just like Blake Snell. Got to capitalize on it, get Seth Lugo out of that game. And then Sunday, Padres haven't yet announced who their pitcher is going to be, but it is to be determined. We'll let you know, but it is a 110 start time. You have JP France on the mound for the Astros, 10 and 5 with a 372 ERA. Yeah, the ERA has gone up ever since that last matchup against uh, the Boston Red Sox. And then he went to Boston, pitched very well. But his last outing against the Rangers wasn't the best. Five innings, six hits, five earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. Like I said, it's, it's a rough start. But two, not everybody's going to be perfect. He did have a road record of six and two with a 2.04 ERA. I can imagine that ERA has risen to maybe a 2.5, 2.7. But not everybody's going to have a great quality game on the road or just a great start in general. Pitchers make mistakes. It happens. You look to feed off of it. You look to bounce back. And JP France has done a great job doing that after a poor performance. He did just think of the Boston series against Boston. It was one of his worst starts in his career. Then goes to Fenway Park and pitches a very solid game against the Red Sox away. So now he faced the Texas Rangers. Didn't go too well. Now you look, you feed off of it. You look what you've made your mistakes on. Look at the video footage. Go back work on it, make a positive outing against the San Diego Padres. So yeah, like I said, this, this is going to be a great series. The San Diego Padres, yes, the record shows uh, they were they were the favorites to win or at least be second in the NLS. That has not happened because, of course, you're looking at the Dodgers, you're looking at the Diamondbacks, and you're looking at the Giants. But at the same time, too, the Astros have not performed well against 500, uh, when, I mean, the lower 500 winning percentage teams. They just have not this year. Astros got to be consistent. They have to be consistent and do their job against a team like that because after the Padres, they will be facing the Oakland Athletics, which they've had some sweeps recently too. But Astros got to perform well against the Padres before they get to the A's and perform well at Minute Maid Park. 
they hold that record, like I said, 39 and 38, which is it's really not that great. It's not a very positive thing to say and listen to if you're an Astros fan. So Astros got to clean up their mistakes, come back home, put on the show for the fans for that weekend, and we will see what happens next. Offensive pitching MVP and our hot take. Of course, I was the only one that had said it. So I had Chaz McCormick, like I said, 500 batting average, a home run, a lot of RBIs. I'll take it. That's that's one for one. JP France had a shaky start. I'm not going to count that. It was a little rough start for him. I'm looking for him to do a bounce back start, though, against the Padres. And then my hot take, the Astros take the silver boot and the series in Arlington. And I remember thinking, I was like, maybe they'll do a sweep over there. But I was like, nah, I, I do think the Texas Rangers have a great team. But I just didn't think they were going to be playing at that, you know, at that performance. But they did take the silver boot and the series in Arlington. So I went two for three in that. It's a new weekend. It's Friday. It's Saturday. It's Sunday. Be with the family. Like I said, it is the weekend. So the new one's coming up. I got Jose Altuve. Build off that performance you did in Arlington, and sir, continue it on at Minute Maid Park. Five home runs at Farby Eyes against the against the Texas Rangers. Continue that same performance, and it doesn't all have to be home runs, but continue that same offensive performance you did over there. Back to Houston because you are the table setter. You are the guy that gets that offensive. Uh, going like Mauricio Dubon had said in one of the articles in Brian McTaggart if he goes this whole lineup goes and we've said it too he is the heart and soul of this team he has to be able to perform well because he is the table setter like I said and I just said it right here again I'm gonna say it one more time if he goes the Astros lineup goes so very important for Altuve to set the tone for the Astros in this series Christian Javier is gonna be my pitching MVP I'll go off of Angel's um Pitching MVP in the other preview before this, Christian Javier did pitch very well against the Yankees. I'm looking for that to happen against the Padres. It needs to do very well, build off of that. Maybe, just maybe, is an encouraging sign for Astral fans to see if he could do another performance just like how he did against the New York Yankees. And then my hot take, I didn't want to be something basic like the Astros take the series against the Padres, the, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Nah, I want to do something a little different. I say the Astros hold the Padres under 10 runs this whole series. This whole series, that's, that's crazy because, like I said, the Padres lineup is really good. Trent Grisham, Hassan Kim, Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, that that's a good lineup. Don't be surprised, I mean, because... Remember, Manny Machado at the time was hitting at MVP last year. Fernando Tatis in 2021 was dominant. Juan Soto, the Astros have a dosage and seen Juan Soto at the plate at Minute Maid Park, especially when he was with the Washington Nationals. Xander Bogarts as well. They seen him with his time with the Boston Red Sox. So, yes, it is a bold and spicy hot take because 10 runs in a whole series? Wow, that, that's kind of very difficult to see, but it could happen. Uh, especially with the starting rotation that the Astros have. It's not the strongest being like Verlander, Framber, and J.P. France. So very important to have the rotation go out there and perform, and especially the bullpen as well. The bullpen has been relaxed and stretched out, and not stretched out lately. So that is a very positive sign to see there. They got that extra day off on Thursday. Everybody should be well-rested and good to go against this Padres series. Next segment. 
And our last segment of the show, it is who do I want to see, who do we need to see, and who do we not want to see. And, and, if, and if you could recap in our last one we had, I put, I want to see Diaz and McCormick play at least two of the three games in this series. Yeah, Yonder Diaz didn't play uh, two games. He only started one, and I mean, he did take advantage. But at the same time, I would have loved to see him play at least one more game because he did hit that three-run shot. He did go one for five in the first game, but at the same time, too, give the, more, give the guy more ABs. The more ABs you get, the better play discipline, the play, uh, the better the play vision he has at the plate going forward. Chas McCormick did two, uh, two of the three starts. He did have two multi-hit games. Very positive to see there. So I did get two thumbs up on what I wanted to see with Diaz and McCormick. Need to see. I had uh, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker did have a decent series, but wasn't the best. I'm, I'm waiting for Kyle Tucker to bring back the Kyle Tucker he was after the All-Star break, and I I needed to see Jose Altuve perform very well with that shin guard on his foot, and he did. Five home runs, my gosh. And the Doe wants to see, and that's Mitch Garver, which they did a little decent job against him. Adolis Garcia, which prayers to him, he did have a patel, uh, patellar tendon strain on his leg, so praying for that guy. You never want to see a guy get hurt and do something bad like that. Um, this guy plays 110% on the field. So hoping for a speedy recovery for him. And then Marcus Simeon, like I said, um, he did do some damage against the Astros, but not as much as the Rangers would hope. So who do I want to see, you know, from this series? Do I want to see a specific player? Do I want to see a specific uh, pitcher? Who do I want to see perform very well against the San Diego Padres? Well, it's not going to be an I. It's going to be a team. It's going to be the offense. I need, I want to see the Astros offense continue this powerhouse that they're building of the lineup right now. Continue on at the juice box at Minime Park. Okay. Before the Reds, uh, before the Texas series, New York, they only scored two runs. They only scored four runs and they only scored one run on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of that series. Before that, the Boston series in August 21 through the 24, they scored nine runs, they scored seven runs, they scored five runs, and they scored one run in that four-game series. And real quick, I'll even talk about Seattle because it wasn't really, you know, great to see. They scored zero, they scored three, they scored six. So that's what I'm saying in each game, zero on Friday, three on Saturday, six on Sunday. The Astros have to find a way to be consistent with the bats. They have to find a way to be consistent with their bats. On the road, my gosh, after the Detroit series, which real quick with Detroit at Comerica Park, one run in Friday, nine runs on Saturday. Sunday, they scored 17. Let's take it to Boston now. Monday, they scored 13. Tuesday, they scored six. Wednesday, they scored seven. And then the Rangers, I gave you the numbers 13, 14, and 12. They need to continue this offensive powerhouse of what they're building on into Houston at the juice box. They have to find a way to do that, especially going against two good pitchers in Seth Lugo and Blake Snell. Because if if the Astros do make the postseason, who they're going to face? They're not going to face three, four, five starting pitchers. They're going to face the number one and the number two of that rotation. Right now, 
Blake Snell is the number one guy for San Diego. Uh, number two wise, I'm not sure if it is Seth Lugo, but looking at the way he's been pitching lately, he looks like a number two starter for the Padres. So the Astros have to find a way to build off that offensive lineup that they have done over there in, in Texas, bring it to Houston and do it against the Padres and maybe save some of them runs for Dow Oakland Athletics. Because on the road, they're scoring like an average to six to ten runs almost each game. My gosh. They got to find a way to do that in Houston. Find a way to be consistent. That's all I say. Yes, there's going to be some games you're going to be scoring one run or two runs, but don't make it a habit of doing one, five, and three. No. Build off of it nine, eight, six, seven. Some way, somehow, the offense has to find a way to stay consistent. So that's what I want to see in this series against the Padres. What do I need to see? I need to see another great pitching performance from Christian Javier. This guy is going to be like the like Robert Flores said. When we had him on the show, when we interviewed him, he's going to be the X factor if the Astros make the postseason. Because Framber Valdez has looked great in his three starts. Justin Verlander is Justin Verlander. Yeah, he did get roughed up against the Yankees, but he bounced back and did well against the Texas Rangers. Christian Javier has not done that this whole season in the second half at least. My gosh, four, four innings, or no, no, four and two-thirds, Five, four and two-thirds, five, four innings, five. No. Build off of that start against the New York Yankees with six, four-hit ball. Yes, three earned runs, but the offense didn't really help that game. So find a way to build off that start. Bring it on to the San Diego Padres because the Padres, too, are going to have a lot of great hitters. Build off of that. If you can make another great start against the Padres, the sky's the limit to see what's going to happen for the rest of this season for Christian Javier. Because if he builds off of that, goes good against San Diego, and then continues on, which the next one will probably be against Kansas City, um, being on the road at Kauffman Stadium. Very promising to see if that happens with Christian Javier. So I need to see another great start from El Reptil. What do I not want to see? Well, the offense, like I said, I do not want to see inconsistent numbers. I do not want to see a one-run game. I don't need to see the next day scoring three runs and then the following day scoring two runs. Be consistent. Find a way to continue to score runs, walks, uh, hidden runs. Some way, somehow, find a way to get on, which this team has done very well at least of the six games they played in September. Okay? Next part of it, I don't want to see the starting pitchers being Hunter Brown, Christian Javier, and J.P. France get attacked early. If you get attacked early, being four innings, five innings, three and two-thirds, four and two-thirds, five and a third, you're going to make your bullpen tire. Yes, they still got to face Oakland, which by all means, Oakland has been not having a great season, but they have had some good parts of this second half. They've had some sweeps recently against, uh, I believe, Kansas City, but I'm not 100% sure. But they've been playing decent amount of baseball. So the starting pitchers against a good offensive team like the San Diego Padres, well, at least on paper, you got to pitch very well. Don't get that bullpen tired. Don't go four innings. Don't go five and a third. Don't go 
none of these bad numbers, especially for a starting pitcher, because they have been doing well. Well, the bullpen has been well rested, but at the same time, too, you just don't want to get them over tax. You do not want that to happen. Uh, of course, with Hunter Brown, four innings the last start. That wasn't really well. Christian Javier's inconsistency of the second half being a four and two-thirds or five-inning kind of guy. Like I said, build upon that sixth inning. And then J.P. Friends only going five innings in his last start. I'm looking for these guys to go six innings at least. Six innings. Yes, that is hard to say because of Christian Javier's resume this whole season, at least in the second half of the season. But continue on building off of it. Come back, bounce back, find a way to get that Padres offensive off balance. Find a way. Find a way. So them are my want to seize, need to seize, and don't want to seize. But that is all the time I have for today's show. Continue to follow us at Full Seam Ahead on Twitter, uh, at TikTok as well. New YouTube channel. Continue to follow that. Yes, it's not. We have 25 subscribers, I believe, but let's continue to build off of that. Hey, bring in some new guys on there. Give us some comments. Leave us some reviews. We appreciate the feedback, uh, especially on our, our podcast platforms uh, from Google to Apple to Spotify. Rate us. Leave us a review. My second time doing the show. It's not a bad. It's not been a bad job, but of course we'll have Angel come back later on, and then Enrique coming back later on. Uh, FSA full steam ahead on Instagram. You already know. We're still on Threads. We're still on Threads, so don't be scared to give us a follow on there. But other than that, it is Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Have a fantastic weekend. Have a safe weekend as well. We will give you that recap against the San Diego Padres. Hopefully, is a better outcome from the last homestand that the Astros had against the Yankees. Hopefully, they build upon that Texas Rangers series and continue winning the games. Hopefully, a win, winnable series against the San Diego Padres. But until then, we'll give you that recap, give you the preview against the Oakland Athletics. Y'all have a good one. Stay safe out there. Go Strokes.